When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terra in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Afternoon or evening, people. Welcome back to another episode of the new Spurs Order pod. I'm on hosting duties this week. It's tapping Tobes. They're saying I don't work hard enough these days, but I'm going to put that to the test this week and this weekend. And I'm joined by fellow host slash co-host, Dave, normally you're on hosting duties, but I said, you know what, let me take the reins off you um, <laughs> this week only. What, what are you saying, man? How are you? All right, man. Right. Back, first time back uh, on the pod for a while. Uh, yeah. Well, definitely first time in 2024. Um, mm. I was hoping my guy Tops would be on uh, for some of the topics that we're going to talk about today. But let's see. Let's see where we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hoping he'd be on too, because I feel like if, 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 um, if, if there was a living embodiment of losing your head and losing your call over Spurs, that would be tops over the past couple of days and probably like the last two weeks, to be honest. But anyway, let's not take shots at a man when he's not on the pod. We'll let him defend himself next week when he's back. And I mean, we had Ash, we'll add him back in in a second, but I guess we may as well introduce our newest cast member, um, Jordan, George, Durag Diaries merchant himself. How you doing, bro? Yeah, I'm good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm good. I, I should have came in my direct to be fair to intro proper well after the win as well, especially. But no, I'm feeling good, man. Good to make my debut. Good to be mm. here and uh looking forward to this mm. one. Lovely, man. Lovely, lovely. Um I ain't trying to send shots, but all I'm saying is this: we 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 had a very interesting topic about getting um guys of a certain skin tone on this podcast a couple of 
a couple of months back and it feels like we're adhering to that quota again with your recruitment. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that anyway and we'll, we'll, we'll move on to Ash. What are you saying, man? How what's going you? on, man? Yeah, it's good yeah, to be man. back. What's, what's going on with your internet, bro? Well, hmm? nah, do you know what it is? For some reason, my mic keeps disconnecting from my browser because I'm using my yeah. iPad. Fair. Yeah. And for some, sometimes, and it always, I notice it always happens at the same time when you start the hmm. stream and it goes live. Mm. I can see at the top the mic just cuts off. Fair, fair enough, man. Well, at least at least you're back here now, so we can talk Spurs. We can talk Spurs. I'm glad everyone's doing well. Um, I think was it you who mentioned it, George, as well? It's like it's always good to come here, always good to come on or talk on a pod off the back of a win, and I feel like that's <laughs> couldn't be echoed anymore, man. Especially after last week's um, disappointing result. Obviously, that game was covered and more. Um, by Owen and, and Ohio, but uh, luckily for us, we're, we're covering Spurs off the back of a win. And let's get straight into it, guys. Let's get straight into it, guys. Obviously, beating Brentford 3-2. I'd like to say the scoreline flattered us. Oh, flattered them, sorry. And I think it did. But I feel like it was a game where, like, it was pretty much a roller coaster for Spurs fans. I'm not going to lie, because the first half, Twitter was in its usual meltdown fashion when Spurs are 1-0 down in the second half, it was all it was smiles. Game, it was a game of two halves, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, definitely was I a game. I think it was a game of two halves in two halves. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree yeah. True. Very, very true. Very, very true. But we may as well start off with the with the first half. Start off with the first, first half performance, sorry. Um I don't know. I'm going to start with with you on this day. Before we even get into the the goal that we conceded, how did you think we started um, in comparison to games that we've played so far in the Prem this season? Um. Well, it's, it's a. I think every game has got to take in isolation, really, because mm. because of the injury situation, you never know what eleven you're going to get. Um, and I think with our midfield. Um, obviously, you know, Hoiberg started in the City game. Uh, today we had Madison, oh, sorry, last time we had Madison, um, Skip and Bensonker. And I think actually the positive thing for me, and I'll probably touch on it a bit a few more times, is we, we seem to be moving the ball a little bit quicker, just a little bit quicker than we usually would do. Um, but there was just a bit of sloppiness in terms of, you know, ball retention in, and from uncharacteristic players. Um Destiny, you know, uh, Van der Ven a couple of times, um, even Madison. Now, you know, Madison had 12 weeks out. And but maybe the last thing you'd expect to go is, is your first touch. But it seemed to be, you know, we were either slipping the ball or under-hitting passes. Um, but for, even with that, we still kind of controlled most of that open five, ten minutes. Um, but uh, it was very clear that they had one plan. You know, and they did the same thing that West Ham did to us in pre-season. Same thing that most teams who have scored against us has done, and it's, and it's clear what you do against that tactic. It's get it into the, you know the, the gaps behind our fullback, um, and once the fifteen minutes came, that they started to get a little bit of hold in the game. But it was good to see us start on front foot, but it was just uncharacteristically kind of sloppy from our our, our better players. Yeah, I think um, the sloppiness is is definitely a fair point, and I think it, it couldn't be more emphasised with the with the goal, the opening goal of the game. And it's crazy because I feel like that goal came what like two or three minutes after Kulusevski was 
sent through one-on-one and somehow managed to not even get a, a shot off that goal. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm going to come to you on this one, George, because I feel like we've seen this goal not too many times, but I feel like we've seen this goal, I would say, two times um, in addition to the to this first goal from the same player as well, who's been one of our best players this season, but Destiny, I feel like um, he sort of emphasised Dave's point in terms of being quite careless on the ball in such a such a precarious situation because it's like the way we play where we're basically we've got a whole defensive line on the halfway line we're trying to pen teams in if we lose the ball if one person makes one bad pass that's it collapse but talk to me what were your thoughts on not just the first goal that we we gave away but we may as well cover the actual second goal that we conceded in the second half as well because I felt like similar sort of situations do you know, with the first goal, I didn't actually get on to Destiny too much. Although it was a mistake, I do think that like he had like he had the intention. He, t- he spun the defender, got him on the turn, and then he looked to play Bentacor in with a short pass, but it was just a poor pass, poor execution. Um, it, it's, the thing is with Destiny as well is you don't want to take that away from his game, so I'm not going to sit here and condemn him for it because the amount of times we see him turn a defender and run up the field like he did for the first goal that we scored it's key it's key for the way that we attack it's key for the way that we move the ball forward and it's part and parcel of the game we're gonna have some of these mistakes that happen um Mm. the second goal though i can't lie did expect a lot better from him there i do know that he didn't see tony and i mean i didn't see tony up until i didn't see him either I didn't I notice him at first. I, did, I didn't notice him that he was there. And it was cheeky, just a typical Tony, like typical Tony business for him to just be sitting there waiting and then luckily just get the ball passed over to him. Um, it was poor awareness. He, from took, he took a punt, didn't he? He took a punt. He took a punt. He did. He did. He I think did. it's like a reflex thing, isn't it? Because it's like he just expects everyone else is behind the defensive line. He, he, and the one player that wasn't outside of Tony was blatantly offside. So he's just thinking, you know what? I'm going to pass it straight to Vicario. Like, he's probably done that, like, um, probably done that, like, 50 times this season and 49 of them, it's gone to Vicario and it's just so happy Tony's there, isn't it? But, yeah, go on. Sorry to interrupt. No, yeah, no, it's it's just literally that. It's one of those things. I did think he had poor awareness on it, but then again, it's probably not a mistake that he'll make again this season. So, it's one of those things you live and you learn. Um, We definitely, I was... uh, wasn't I was disappointed that we gave them both goals again it was very too similar to the West Ham game where again we gave them both goals and a lot of situations are happening this season where we're dominating teams we're beating them or we're gifting them goals and and I know this is something that Ash is probably going to dive into because he, he did say about it probably early on in the season regarding us being a high scoring team but also a high conceding team and some of our games we do lose control in in that fact because we're giving we're giving away goals and get, losing results in on that like off the back of that because we're gifting gifting away far too many easy goals and goals that are easy it was destiny that done it in the West Ham game, innit? It was, it was, yeah, 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 it was the, the second goal. I remember the second that goal, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Goal. Like it was a blind pass again from from Destiny. Um, but you know what? He's 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 young, innit? He's gonna make he's gonna make mistakes. So it's just something we have to. We yeah, I don't think it's. Yeah, we got. I don't think it's too much as long as it doesn't keep, you know, repeatedly happening. You know, a couple of times a season, three, four times, it's all right. Yeah, I think we've we've 
because Ange even spoke about it. He said he's got no problems with destiny. And I feel like Ange, not for the first time or the second time, he's saying the things that we want our manager to be saying about our players and about the way we want to play, right? Because I feel like with the way we do play, um, alluding to the point you made earlier on, Dave, and even yourself, Ash, um, we will have these moments where one player may not get it right on the day and it may go on to cost Spurs and we basically have to talk that one up, right? But I think Destiny will get onto the positive parts in his game, but just looking at the defensive part, I think you would hope and expect that as he continues to develop in his career, this is something that he could easily cut out of his game because we're not sat here saying that he can't defend. We're not sat here saying that he can't like carry the ball forward or attack or pass. We're literally saying don't pass the ball to the opposition, which is something that he doesn't do most games. And it's something that he can easily cut out of his game. So um, it's annoying. It's annoying. And I, I don't know, I want to get um, your perspective, Ash, in terms of the overarching sort of control or lack of that Jordan uh, or George, sorry, alluded to um, when he was given his assessment on our, on our first goal and the second goal. So where do you stand now in terms of like how we manage sort of like a game state? Like, I, listen, I get it. You know, Ange wants to play this style of football, yeah. But you have to, there, there has to be some kind of like management with it, right? Like so many times in games, and even yesterday, you can see we get to the 80th minute and these guys are blowing out their backsides, right? Because it's like you, you, you every time you get in the ball, it's like get it forward, quick transition. You know, there's sometimes you you have to like yesterday when we went three one up for example that game was screaming out for control yeah i was watching the game with my cousin he's a man united fan and even he, he was saying to me he was like i don't know how you how you can like your heart must be pumping right now because it was just the game was just chaotic right at three one you know like even bro i'm not saying control the rest of the game if it's like five minutes five minutes just take this thing out of the game because that makes a huge difference, right? You can get your energy back. And I just feel that too many times, I get it, this is the way Andrew wants to play, but I think at the same time, you have to understand that in this league with this intensity from both, there's a lot of quality teams in this league. If we if we actually, you know, we won't do it now, but if you look through the league, there's a lot of quality. You can't, you can't afford to be doing this every single game because it's going to cost you. And we've seen it in, in, in games this season where we're not managing the game well enough. And I feel like we're always trying to play at 100 miles an hour. I think we need to we need to just show a bit of control. And I get it. Like people say it comes down to personnel, personnel, personnel. But at the same time, even if you don't have the personnel that most people think that you would need to, to take this thing out of games, you can still see... Uh, you can still see it being an instruction if it, if that was the case. You could see at least, you know, look, everyone's trying to calm down here. But we don't see that. We just see everyone get the ball and it's just always 100 miles an hour. Mm, interesting. Interesting. There's, so so we got, um, obviously, big up, go get one. Obviously, he's in the comments as well. And I guess, you know what, Dave, I could probably ask you this question. Obviously, the the listeners won't see the question, but the question basically states: Were you, were you guys surprised that Benton Core got hooked? Because I think that sort of alludes to Ash's point on maybe having personnel who can actually like help with sort of stemming the tide and putting our foot on the ball and, and playing 
playing. So yeah, were, were you shocked that Benton Gore got hooked at half time, Dave? Yeah, I thought Skip was going to be the first one to go. <clears throat> um, I thought Skip would go. Um, whether it's at half time, I don't think it'll be at half time. I thought it'd be 60 minutes. Skip would go. Hoiberg would come on. Benton Kerr maybe until the eight. Um, but after the first 20 seconds, I realised why he had done it. Um, he definitely just wanted, and I think because the way Brentford is set up, they they were forcing us to go wide, but then we weren't going wide. Um, there was one, there was one, there was one situation in the first half where Kulisevsky picked up the ball and he was like five yards away from Werner. I'm like, bruv, what are you doing? That so central that you've come all the way over to the next man's wing, like, and he's back to goal. And then he just passed it back to Benzema anyway. Like it was, it was very, very low IQ stuff um, in the first half. Yeah, at some points. So I think he's like, well, if they're going to force us wide, you got to get your speedsters on. Um, and if you're going to go gung ho with outright pace down wings, you need to have someone who can just sit and be stable in the middle. And you can tell Heiberg for the first five ten minutes until we got that two one lead or whatever. Heiberg hardly really moved outside of a real small radius. Um, and I think Benton could very much, he covers a lot of ground. And I think that's, those are the pockets that Tony's dropping into, those are the pockets that Moipo was dropping into, um, and obviously picking up loose uh, loose passes from from Destiny or Poro, whoever. So it, meant, it was a surprise, because I don't think we've really seen Ange make such a decisive change so early two subs at half-time. I can't remember another time when he's made two I'm, subs I'm at actually, half-time. I'm actually glad he did it. I'm glad he yeah. did it. And, and to be honest, if, if, if we're honest, in the group chat, these are the kind of things we talk about. We say, oh, he needs to do X, I did. You know, Ash will put in, in change the play. And then we don't see nothing until 75 minutes, 78 minutes. And it was like, okay, cool. So to see it, it was, it was bold. But I think he's now looking at it and going, well, look, this is all we've got. And it did this change the game. And it did. It did massively change the game. And I agree with Ash that this lack of control, I do think it had something to do with personnel. I think we're back to where we were in the final years of Poch, where our first 11, like our best 11, has to be on the pitch to play like the best football that we're going to play. And once you have a little bit of drop-off, we we see how we suffer in that respect. Um, And so we suffer from not having style on the pitch. I think Saar takes a lot of the weight off the um, inverted fullbacks, um, especially obviously on, on the right-hand side with, with um, Poro. But we we managed to get through it. And I think that managerial um, intervention and also listening to what he said after the game, he also told them, calm down, what are you doing? Trying to do this whole macho, bravado, you know, dart-throwing, you know, Ali Pali type performance. I ain't going to do it. This is not Ali Pali. This is Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. You get to play football. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if there's a dark throwing competition, you know, you can get a 16 year old who can do that. Like, we need to go win this football game. 100%. You know 100%. what? I, I hear it with the personnel thing, yeah. So I think we're just going to obviously, we'll, we, 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 we can, when, when everyone's back, obviously, Basuma, Saar, they'll probably be back in like two weeks max. Right. Madison's fit now. Van der Ven is fit, so pretty much everyone's back now. So now we can see 
how if we can control games better and 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 if we, if we don't then then it's then it kind of tells us that it's, don't you uh, think though ash like it's when you watch the first half we we i think we controlled the game well in the first half we controlled the ball well we moved it well it just didn't do much with it like we, we just no, kept no, no. When, I say, when i say control what i mean is yeah is there's certain times in the game phases where basically. where it's it's getting intense right yeah. the opposition get their tails up and you need to take this thing out of the game. You need to stop it being so end-to-end and, you know, almost like ping-pong, pinball-type football, one end of the pitch, other end, and you need to slow it down. Everyone get into their positions and just calm it down because there's a lot of times where... yeah, And this will tend to happen second half, by the way, yeah? There's a lot of times where it'll be end-to-end and then we're vulnerable. All it will take is one person to lose the ball one, one switch from the opposition, bang, they're in behind. And all of a sudden, they're running at Vicario. I think with 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 that, though, I think it's a bit of both. And don't get me wrong, I think with the way we play, inevitably, it's a high-risk, high-reward. It is. Style. It's very high-risk. High high-risk, high-reward. So I don't think we're going to see... I don't think we're going to see, not for the time being, until we actually see more... in. More, more enhancements on our squad as a whole. I don't think we're going to see Spurs be as as thrilling and as sort of like as um, impactful in the final third, not just in terms of convert, converting chances because our chance conversion isn't actually that good outside the sun. But what I mean is I don't think we're going to see Spurs be as threatening with this current crop of players if we don't take that risk, right? If we were able to, if we if we did try to play, I feel like a more conservative style, more sort of um, like a slowed down style. I don't think. But I, I, I think this is the thing. I don't think we need to play a, a different style. I just think there's certain moments in games yeah, where the yeah, player, yeah, yeah. where the players have to understand, and the manager, or the manager yeah. probably does understand, but everyone cohesively together has to understand. Right, guys, we're losing control here. Let's just calm down for a bit. And when you do that, you get your you can get your energy back because come the 80th minute, you can see that these guys are gone. Their legs are gone. They're tired. They're always pulling up with cramp. Okay, that does happen. Mm. But the energy you need to con- manage your energy better. I hear that, and I do think that because there's there's one game I feel like we did it. Well, in fact, there's two games where we did it, and I feel like we should do it more often. Um, I look at Bournemouth away, Bournemouth away in the second half when it, when it was starting to get ropey. He brought on Hoybier, Perisic, and I can't remember who else. I think Ben Davy. Oh, brought on Hoybier and Perisic to sort of slow the game down a little bit, put your foot on the ball, actually start keeping the ball, keeping possession. And we took this thing out of that game, and then we go on and we get our second goal. I think that's more of what you're what you're after. And I, I feel like we spoke about this as well on the pod. Games like Everton, the Everton game we, that we won two one. No, like, that was chaos. that was the same as yesterday. Chaos, I, absolute chaos. Like, I think I think the Everton game was worse than yesterday, to be honest. Bro, yeah, Everton, Everton game, was worse because it, it started a little bit late. I think. I think <laughs> yeah. I think the Everton game was worse because it was like they was just it, it became like a training game. They were just lining up shot after shot after shot, and I was just like, "What? Yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on?" So, because the, the Everton game, Everton actually played better than Tottenham, right? So. It was a chaotic game from our perspective and they played better than Tottenham. They had more attempts than us. They created more than enough opportunities to win the game of football. Whereas yesterday, even though it was chaotic in spells, Spurs, for the most part, 
Spurs, for the most part, had had control in specific phases and were the better side and created the more opportunities, had more shots, etc. etc. So and I get I definitely get where you're coming from. And I do, do you know what think do you, do you know what mix. contributes to this as well? Yeah. And this is a big thing now. What contributes to this lack of control is the fact that our wingers don't have the ability to drop in deep and receive the ball because sometimes you need an extra you need an extra passing option in midfield, especially if you're getting pressed quite a lot. And sometimes it's nice. Uh, you see it with Man City all the time. Oscar Bob does it. Phil Foden does it when he plays out wide. Right? These guys can come in deep into midfield. They can receive the ball. Our guys are literally just on the touchline. Hundred. And I think yeah. that is. I, I don't yeah. think that's. A, I don't think that is a system. Well, the thing is, though, with that, it's, it's definitely now. Because it's, if you look, it, no, but it's, it is the system. But the system is such that Johnson and Werner don't have the. They don't have the skill sets to do that anyway because they they're not good ball retainers. Yeah, I hear that part. I hear that part. You can only if you're going to play those guys. Essentially, you can only play in one way. You can't really, you can't really mix it up and have them dropping dropping in the pockets to actually try and receive. Right? Yeah, they exactly. have to be they have to be high and wide waiting making the runs that can actually penetrate the oppositions. I, I, I get that. But again, I think it's, it's symptomatic of a team that still need to recruit more personnel and also oh, still, need, still need in some games, because I don't think it's always down to Ange. I do think, of course, maybe sometimes can tweak it or give better, give different instruction. But I also think sometimes our players, I feel like sometimes our players, we feel like we have to play this game at 100 mile an hour. And, and it's not even just on the ball. Even when the game gets frenetic, I feel like our players are quite easily rattled as well. Yeah. So, and you know what? You know what I notice sometimes, yeah? You know when the game gets heated and then challenges start coming in, like flying in for challenges. A lot of the times I've noticed when we fly in for a challenge and we win the ball back, it's 100 miles an hour, get the ball up the pitch up. I, I did notice win, that. Sometimes when you win the ball, put your fucking foot on it. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I noticed that a couple times yesterday, especially like I said in the second half, we were doing that, and I think that comes down to a lack of experience yesterday, especially in the team that that we finished with. Especially, we're, we're missing that experienced players up top of those experienced heads in midfield that are going to win the true. ball. That is true. And then turn around, like run, like I think Kulu done it a few times. Oh, he done it all right, but he did lose the ball as well a couple of times. Where he drives the ball upfield, drags three or four players with him, and then turns around and passes it. But we haven't got enough of that. We haven't got enough of experience in the team and enough of actual players doing that because, like you said, we're we're losing control and we're trying to get the ball forward too quick. And then what happens most of the time is you've got one against four defenders, which then. We we end up losing the ball because you can't. Uh, yeah, and a lot of the times when when we was winning the ball yesterday, we just go lose it to five seconds later. Hmm. I do, I do think as I said yesterday, it was weird because I don't think we were like I don't think we were bad throughout. I feel like there were definitely spells where we were uncomfortable, but there were also spells where we were super uncomfortable and were, were able to keep that ball. And I, I do want to talk on the positives yesterday as well. Obviously. Not saying that these are negatives, it's just things that we can improve upon, right? But um, let's talk on the positives as well, because I feel like, obviously, we had the disappointment in the first half, but the second half, we literally came out all guns blazing. And to your point, Dave, on the changes that Ange made, like, they were literally instant, instant impact. I mean, let's talk on the, let's talk on the first goal, right? Um, Dave, what were your... 
what were your thoughts on on the first goal um, that we scored, courtesy of Destiny? Yeah, um, pace. You know, you play at pace against a team that wants to stay organised and wants to get into a shape, and you immediately put them on the back foot. And our first goal and the second goal, we utilised Werner's pace in in a much better um, Werner and Destiny. You know, just carrying the ball forward or moving the ball forward. Um, and making quick decisions. Sometimes when people say pace, you think of someone running. Pace on just a speed of thought. Madison has that. Um, actually, there was a pass that Benzema made in like sixth minute where he received the ball in the half set and immediately fizzed it in. Um, Tongi and Dole used to do that. Anyway, enough about him. Um, but, you know, it's just that speed of thought. It's when you say, right, I'm going to do this now and not wait an extra half second. And, and we know what... Um, the Premier League is like, you know, it's, it's probably the fastest paced league in the world. So you have to do that, especially against, like I said, a team that wants to get into a bank of five or a bank of four. They want to kill all the space. So the moment we did that, and you can do that when you've got two speedsters um, and you're bringing the creative play in the middle and you're saying, right, it's going to come from the middle and it's just going to literally spread out wide. And then we're going to cause the interplay there. Because one thing, that, and this happens at all levels of football, no one likes being dragged out wide. No one likes having to turn away from their goal and say, right, I've got to go into the deep out there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So the moment you start dragging players, whether it be a centre-back or a centre-mid or whatever, into them deep, dark waters, and he's got a two-on-one or he's or whatever, he's doubling up, all kind of things, and he's leaving space behind him, then you've got space for Madison to run into destiny to run into and we saw that with that first goal and the link up and and the speed of thought Werner you know we don't really give him credit for you know IQ and I'm not saying he's he's gonna be a complete world beater but as I said in the group chat and I know my man Tops is in the is in the is in the uh, comments so great timing right as I said all it is is just play to their strengths and let's see let's see what the kid can do right let's see what the kid can do Listen, enough about that, man. He said he was. He said he had a case. I had a case waiting for him. I had a case waiting for him. Yeah, had a case at work. Anyway, um, yeah. Look, play to their strengths, and let's. Because this is what we've got. This is it for what 17, 16 games left. This is what we've got. So I'm looking at my better players. I'm looking at my Madisons and Benton Kerr. What I'm saying, Destiny. Can you play to their strengths to to minimize their weaknesses? Right. And if you do that, then let's see what happens. And last night, we saw what happened. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's definitely because it's the positive way to look at it as well. Because I'm not gonna lie, after Man City, my whole mo was okay. Cool, we'll play it to their strengths. We'll get it into space. Then what? Then what are these men gonna do? Because that's my biggest issue with them. It's not even that okay. Spurs aren't catering to their strengths because I do think that that goes without saying, and that was that was a big problem we had against Man City. To your point, where we had almost no pace when we were playing with the ball, we were delaying passes, we were delaying our actions, we were delaying everything, and we were missing their runs. But my oh, my thing was my thing's always been even if we get the ball to these guys in these areas, what are they going to do? And thankfully, yesterday. Their man did their work in the second half. They really did. And I think they do deserve yeah. some credit because that, we're that, quick work, that pass from Werner to Johnson, yeah. Executing that is not easy, bro. You have to because if you it's either one of those where the keeper's gonna come out and get it. 
you have to fizz that in, yeah? And, and the right what? pace, the right angle. Because remember that there was a defender nearby him, innit? I thought that was shocking. Mm. shocking. If we defended like that, I'd be fuming, by the way, yeah? Shocking. But We used to retire. <laughs> you have to, to, bro, to fizz that in like that, fair play, man. Fair play. And the thing yeah, is, like, you, like you were saying, like you were saying, so just quickly, Joel, like you were saying, yeah, for these guys to be constantly threatening, you have to create these isolated situations in the game where you get the ball in quick to their feet. None of this holding on to the ball, it's got to be in quick whilst they've still got a lot of space to run into. Because if, if it gets to the deeper third, then there's not a lot of space for them to run into. They're going to struggle. But yeah, it's one of those. You have to create those situations. We was able to do it enough yesterday. But yeah, man, it's it's one of those. You've got to play to their strength so they don't really offer you anything outside of Go on, George. Yeah, on. no, I was just going to say, I think the biggest thing about it, which I think people need to give credit to, is Werner. He kept trying that cross. A lot of times I, I see people, especially in the group and in tweets, is... They were going, why is he going on his left side? Why is he going on his left side? Like, why does he keep trying this crosses? He was waiting for the right moment. And when you get the right positions on the transition, which we all know on the transition, that's where he's going to add the most value to our team. You get him on the run in behind, which if we played, if, if we found his runs against City and against um, Man United, then we, we would have had maybe another goal like that. But I feel like you've got to give him the credit because like, like I said, it was a pinpoint cross straight across the front of goal goalkeeper, two defenders, beat both of them. And I, I expect Brennan Johnson to be in those positions. I know 100%. a lot of people are going to come out and give yeah, him he's praise. Got and he's got to do it. He's got to be there. Like, he was, it was good for him to be there, but he's got to be there. That's where he should be most games. He should be getting into those positions and he should be scoring those types of goals because that's how we play. So I'm not going to be overly... I'm not going to overly praise Brennan Johnson for his contribution in the goal or... or, or his contribution overall, but I think Werner was he had. I'm not. He didn't have an amazing performance, or, or he just had a pretty good performance yesterday. In the second half, really stepped it up, and with two key assists. And if he can keep adding to us like that, he's going to prove his worth for the rest of the season. I you don't know, know the thing. Was... You know the thing with Werner doing those crosses, yeah. Like you know, the, the first half he was he was he was doing bare those crosses. It weren't he's coming. Doing my head I... those crosses in the first oh half. yeah, you're saying. But you see where it's it's one hundred percent an instruction from Ange. Ange is like get get into these areas and put balls into the box, and that's just what he was just trying to follow instructions. Execution is another thing. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's what I'm saying. First half, he's doing it against players who are set, right for the most part, and they're just cutting it out because he ain't got the tactical or technical ability to. To end it in this way, whatever. Like he ain't that kind of player. Do you know what I mean? He yeah, yeah, yeah. His cutbacks are so predictable. I think the same guy cut out his cutbacks like three times in a row. Like, yeah. Like, my commentator was just like, commentator was like, yeah. Pinnock again. <laughs> he was like, Pinnock again. Whoever it was. Do you know what I mean? It's like the same guy cut out. It's it's very predictable. But when it's against chaos, or when it's against not chaos, but someone backpedaling, or you know, when it's in that transition, it, it can work. So. Again, I'm not expecting too, too, too much. But if this is what we're going to have to work with, then you've got to work with it. And like I said, every, every coach worth their salt will be looking at it and going, right, how can I maximise their strengths but minimise their weaknesses? What is a strength? Pace. No one at any level likes playing against pace. They don't care about your technical ability. If you've got pace and you can do things at speed, cool, you're going to cause damage. And I think when Son gets back and... and other players maybe get 
more integrated in the team when we start getting on a bit of a roll with some of our better players returning, we may see that the link up maybe gets there and you know there'll be some scuff shots that go in, some scuff crosses that get turned into overhead kicks. But listen, we take it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you I see think right we- now the problem is, yeah, is these wingers they lack the ability to come inside. They lack yeah, the they- ability you they know, can't like, come in on the inside. You know, like Sun cuts in on the inside. Yeah, cuts in on cuts up. in onto his cuts in onto his right on the left, and then it's not always you cut in and shoot when you open your body up, but sometimes you cut in. The thing is with nice Tom, though, one, you could do I a nice little he... one-two, and then you run into the box into the to the towards the penalty spot. These guys are very much they can't do that. They can't. The, I think the thing is with Son is he benefits from being I mean ambidextrous. Like he, he can use his left, he can use his right. So when defenders are defending against, they don't know which way he's gonna go because he, he can shoot off his right and shoot off his left. So and more time there was Kane there that you had to stay with Kane, so you got that space. Now Mandem are closing him down a bit quicker still. And they <laughs> they know what to have Kane and Son, bro. <laughs> so listen, Ash, stop stop trying to make us criticize these guys. Yeah, we're doing, this is <laughs> this is the moment to actually give them some credit. He keeps you trying can't to do it. Back to, he, he can't keeps do it. what they can't do. We've already established what they can't do. Let's actually be fair and give them some credit because before the game, certain man, their name rhymes with Dak or Rack or Sack. <laughs> yeah, certain man in the chat was saying, Where are these goals coming from? <laughs> we're not gonna score goals, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and then them same brothers, nothing from them when when these men scored. So listen, we have to give these guys their credit. And and I hear your point, George. Obviously, Brennan Johnson, the action that that he had to run to to bust the gut, that's something he should be doing. But I also look at how we've played this season, and I don't, I honestly, I don't believe he's had the opportunity where where those passes are being played to him. Whenever he, for me, when I'm watching Brendan Johnson with the Spurs, whenever he's receiving the ball in space, usually he's quite high and wide on the right-hand side where he's the one that has to basically deliver that same cross to Richarlison in the central areas. So it was, good to see, it, it, was, it, was it was good to see our attackers combined. So I, I, like, I like the fact I, that... I think with Werner, yeah, the good thing about him is he just, he doesn't stop. Do you get it? He's always active on that left-hand side where he's playing, right? So I, I give him that because, you know, he could just... if we, Sometimes when it's not working, a lot of guys... Bullied. We got bullied to praise Werner. Huh? <laughs> we got one. Let's move on. Let's move on. We got one. We got one. Let's move on. I hate his guts. What I will say is, a lot of guys, when it's not working, that, you know, the, the, the body language... I've seen it with a lot of other players from Man United especially, right? When things aren't working, heads start to drop, but, you know... The, the the heads are not the heads just go out of the game, but he you know fair play to him. He keep, kept on going, kept on going. So fair play, man. He's he's one of those that doesn't yeah. stop. I wanted to big up Destiny as well for his like. I know obviously Werner played his part for both the the first and second goals, but I think Destiny played his part for the first and the third goals, man. And that is a prime. If you wanted to see a prime example of how Ange wants to use our fullbacks. Um, in some sort of capacity, then you just got you have to watch the first and third goal. Destiny is like he is mad. He basically was culpable for two goals they scored, but he was also. I don't think this is the game to big him up. I'll be real. No, no, I am going to big him up. I'm going to be. I'm going to big him up because the guy's ability, his ball carrying ability, is absolutely insane. Both him it's and Boro. 80, 80 minutes, eighty-eight minutes, ninety minutes. 
And he's literally getting the ball from his own half and he's motoring into the opposition's half. And I felt like yesterday as well, he played, he played, he he was able to release the ball quick enough to Werner. And then of, of course, even for the third goal, able to release the ball quickly into Madison after carrying the ball so, so high up the pitch. But on your point, Dave, speed, not just in terms of like our crossing or shooting, but just speed of thought. The second goal, and I'm going to speak to... Um, I'm going to we'll, we'll speak about him, obviously not in a, in a positive light, but Kulisevsky, for instance, someone who we're going to touch on later on. The second goal, you see the ball is in the, in the sky and he literally, great first touch to take it onto his left foot, bang, pass, Werner's clean. We didn't see that once. We didn't see that once against Man City. And the one time he does it in this game, it leads to a goal. So it speaks to what, you're mess, what you were speaking about vis-a-vis the whole... Play it quicker sometimes. Stop the the laylating, right? And before we move on to Kulisevsky, we need to talk on Richarlison. We have to talk on Richarlison because this is seven goals in seven games for Richie Ladd, yeah? This ain't a clout chasing thing. This ain't a clout coin. I told you so. This is literally us talking about Richarlison now because he's actually in form. Who's going to speak first on it? George, I know you're putting your head down, but... Someone has to speak on it. Somebody. Do you know what? For me, for me, like, I, I get the form, and I love that he, he's scoring goals. I love that he's getting into the box, and he's starting to create issues. Like, I, I, I know the benefits that he brings to the game. I wasn't actually one of the guys that thought he was amazing yesterday. I think he was good in the second half, but I don't know. For me, he's just a very frustrating player to watch. He's similar to like Darwin Nunes for Liverpool. Like when you watch them. Like, they get in such good positions at times and you think, oh, he's going to do something amazing. And then he just does something horrible, but then he does something great straight after it. So it's, it's a hard balance between... Um, he did have a good performance, though, yesterday. Like, I can't take that away from him. He was key in, 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 in getting the goals. And I, I thought, like, the first half, can't really blame him. Didn't really get much service. I do think he hides at times, though. I, I do think there was times in the first half where you would expect a striker to come in deep or or change their positions. I don't know if it's a it's probably a, um, an instruction from Ange to keep him away from the ball and keep him away from the game to just. So he's of, got occupied the defenders. Yeah, exactly that. Occupied the centre backs, cause the problems in between there, and potentially wait for a cross. But the problem for me is that a lot of the times is when we're getting that ball out wide. He's so flat-footed and he's sat in between the defenders. With three at the back, it's always hard. You can't really do much uh, with one man in the box. But he's sat in between the defenders, not really doing much, not creating much runs for our fullbacks and wingers to put the balls into the box. But he's done well to get another goal. Undeniably, no one can really get onto him at this moment in time because what is the form? Eight goals in eight games or something like that? Like, no, no one expected this. And if, if you had told me Richarlison was going to get 10 Premier League goals this season, I probably would have said, that's a good season. So he's playing out of his skin right now and you just got to give his props to him in it. But I didn't think that he warranted the man of the match, um, the man of the match award that he got given. I do yeah, you know I what? Didn't, I didn't think he was I, I think... But he played well. And I think his hold-up is improving, man. I'm not going to lie. I think yeah, he did manage to hold up the ball to a good enough standard yesterday. And that was up against three... What was the, what was the game? I ain't pause when I say this, sorry. Three meeting off setbacks. Huge centre backs, bro. Like, there's what, what was the game before Man City? Um, Man United. It was Man United, and he played that's that what, game as well. That game, I thought he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, really Yesterday, good. I thought he was good. 
I, I would have given man in the match to Romero. That's just my personal opinion. But I think he was good. Do you know what it is with him? The ball is sticking now. Yeah. And he's having some deft touches. Great. And, and like yesterday, he had a great little bit of play where he got the ball in the halfway line. Great touch. Got it under his stride. Turned. Ran forward. Uh, dodged the player to the side and then laid the ball off. Yeah. Just little things like that. Just a bit of, you know, good play, right? Mm. In He was in a tight situation, could have lost the ball, held on to it, carried the ball. You can see that he's not playing through pain anymore. I think if we didn't actually know it at the time, but, you know, like when you, you can tell when someone's playing through pain. Obviously, if we can, if we watch him last season, I think it was just the thing. It was just one of those where he's playing through a lot of pain. Hundred, but I I, I agree like with that. George, right? Yeah, go on. Play very go well, on. but let's okay, need more. Yeah, let's not get carried away, right? In the summer, yeah. need a new striker. <laughs> I, I feel the same. I can't lie. I do. I feel the same. That's fair, man. I don't think. I, I, listen, I feel like ultimately, even though he's got seven and seven, we also need to remember that he's on nine goals in what is it? Nine in. Or eight, is it eight, eight on eight in 19? Do you you know one thing with him, yeah? And I this is rare, but I know I know it's rare, but it's something you want. It's someone that has the ability to get shots off out of nothing, and he doesn't Mm -hmm. have that. And when he does do it, he's blazing it into Rose. Remember, yesterday there was a chance he got the ball on the turn, bang, Rose Ed. He did, there he was did one that I was surprised with his yeah. ball strike. He almost whipped it top bins, and I was like, right. Yeah, yeah, really good. I Listen, I think my, my opinion on Richardson has always been different to the to the rest of the pack in, in the NSO, and I'm not going to lie, I've, I had given up on Richardson, but at the heart of it, I don't believe this guy's a bad player. Like, whether he's good enough for Spurs is a different question, and right now, relative to what we need, I, I do think we can and should get better. But I don't think he's a he's a bad player, and I think he's he's in his best moment for Spurs now. So we just got to hope that he can relish the moment and continue scoring because we're going to need these goals. And I'll be real: if Richardson ends up with fifteen plus Premier League goals this season, do you see Spurs selling him in the summer? He's probably I earned himself another year at that point, and we can't complain. If, if a player scores fifteen Premier League goals, you can't really like need to get rid of him or replace him like he's earned himself another season to be honest even though I, I know he's not going to replicate that again we'll see we'll see anyway but like let's let's move off from Richarlison and let's unfortunately talk about one of the other players who disappointed in the game um and to be honest he's actually been in quite poor form in his last five games which came off the back of probably one of his best performances of the season against Nottingham Forest but we have to talk about Kulisevsky right um since that Nottingham Forest game, he's played in a variety of positions, which naturally doesn't help in terms of consistency. However, he's played in left cent- left eight, right eight, right wing. Yesterday, he started off in right wing, then he moved into um, the right eight position, and it just wasn't another good performance from Kulisevsky. And I think what's really annoying me is like, even when Kulisevsky, even when Kulisevsky wasn't playing that well, in some games at the start of the season, he always had some sort of an impact on the match. Like he was always able to play key passes, create opportunities, etc. The last four or five matches, he's literally like objectively, he's playing really, really poorly to the point where like 
not much is coming off. You're delaying on the ball. You're not shooting when you need to shoot. You're not using your right foot, even though we see him use his right foot when they're they're doing the warm-ups before the games and stuff. So, um, Dave, I want to come to you on this. Like, where's your head at with Kulisevsky in this mini slump and, and how does he snap back into the Kulu that um, we saw before the slump? Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's sad. I really like him as a player. Really like him as a player, but it, this hot and cold business we've seen over the past couple of years. I mean, you can put it down to injury sometimes and, and whatnot, but of late, I just don't get it. I don't understand it because it's not like we've been on a run where we've been playing against, you know, I mean, apart from Man City, you know, we haven't played, you know, the top five, six clubs in the world. Do you know what I mean? You know, it, it, these, these should be the clubs where you fill your boots. You know, whether you score or not, you should be getting your shots off at least. Do you remember when they used to talk about Dembele and you say how um he didn't shoot because when he was growing up, he used to do all them training drills or play games where they didn't have goals. And they just used to do dribbling and just go in and out. That's why he was so good at retaining. I feel like Kulu is just trying to get his dribbling stats up because every time he gets in, into the box, he takes one touch too many. He chops or he, he goes left or right he gets onto his something he puts onto his weaker foot and I'm like okay if you're gonna do that right if you're gonna do that you gotta take the shot but then he doesn't and then he then he and then or then he makes a pass back the 20 yards that he's just gained and I'm like okay the IQ aspect of it was that I remember I think it was last season or maybe two seasons ago when he first came there was one time where he did a step over he stood the guy up like, square on, step over, shifted it to his right, one more touch to his right, got to the byline, chipped it to the back, and I think Son might have headed it in, something like that. I'm thinking, you can do this off your right foot. You can actually create chances off your right. It's not, we're not talking about Lamella here. We're not talking about Brian Hill here. Do you You do actually have a serviceable right foot, but he just refuses to do anything. And then even when it's on his left, He's always going for the extra pass, this, that. It's really, it's, it's getting to the point where it's annoying now because yeah. we've seen how good he can be. Do you know what I mean? If it was this like, you know, like I said, like a, if it was a potential thing where you're just waiting for him to, 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 to push on or if we hadn't seen what he was capable of, then I'd kill it. But, bruv, what, what are you doing? Like, and I, and I know it can't be an instruction because there is no way Andy's telling his forward to not take a shot, Absolutely. to not get a cross in, to not to not create a goal scoring opportunity, to take an extra touch. There's no way Andrew's doing that. So this is in yeah. your head. This is this is you, but this is all mental. Yeah, he needs to snap out of it because, bruh, it, it's not looking good at all. Yeah, I think I think the thing is we, with his performances this season, I do think he's won the manager's trust, and I think because of that. And the combination of the fact that Brennan Johnson's been in is someone who's actually also been in really bad form, if not worse. In fact, he's probably been in worse form than than Kulisevsky as of late, and generally isn't as good a footballer as Kulisevsky. Um, Kulu's place is pretty much untouchable when Kulu's place is untouchable in the team. And I think this goes back to the point in the summer of getting someone who 
isn't just an upgrade on Kulusevski to the point where it's like, okay, you're going to give us something different, but it's to have someone who actually gives Kulusevski a different kind of motivation to actually perform to the level that he's capable of. Because you mentioned something there, which is this. We're not asking him to do things that he hasn't done. And we're not just talking about two seasons ago. We're literally talking about this season. At 4th of January, he was he was top five. I think top five or top six ranked for most open play chances created. Do you get what I'm saying? We're talking about a guy who literally scored on his right foot, what, like three, four weeks ago. So the things that we're asking for Kulisewski to do, he can do these things. He can do these things. So I don't know, man. It's it's. I just want him to snap out of it. But I do think long-term, I still think he's a good player and I do think he's been okay this season. But I think long-term, we definitely need to look at getting a better option on that right-wing side. And then we can then use Kulisewski the same way that, the same way that, Bernardo Silva's used that Man City or Doku or Alvarez. Man City, they have players who dovetail between two or three positions. And for all his bad form, we've seen Kulisewski play well on the left eight. We've seen Kulisewski play well in the right eight. And we've seen him play well right wing. I believe it's good to have a player like that in the team that's got that talent level, right? But I think in the short term, he needs to snap out of this, this mini slump because it's not it. We can't have him and Johnson stinking out the joint in right wing. What is the point? It, we, it's just dead. It's dead. <laughs> Sorry, it's dead. Bro, it's dead. I remember Bro. in the group chat, yeah, a couple, this is about a month or so ago, maybe even two months. Me and Top said this. We're worried. We're, we're, we've got some concerns. Me and Top said this, yeah. We've got concerns. When do you guys not have concerns? Huh? When do you and no, Top's not bro, have concerns? We had concerns over him because of his lack of consistency. Now, my problem with him is, yeah, I'm looking at him thinking, right, so the only time you've actually showed consistency was on that loan spell. Let's have it right. Last season, I'd give him a 6 out of 10. No better than that, right? I don't think he was consistent. Last season was the same as this season. He was hot and cold in spells, yeah? And I'm posing the same question, but then the problem is you, you're saying get another option. We've fr- we've we've blown that out of the water now because we got that option in, and his name's Brendan Johnson. So we can't now go and get another right winger. You're gonna have three right wingers. It don't make sense. We had that. We had the chance to go and get someone, and we went and got Brendan. So I think for now, the only way you solve this is by getting rid of Johnson in the summer. We all know that's not gonna happen, right? So. Unfo- bro, unfortunately, we are going to have to wait it out of Kulu because there's nothing we can do. What do you mean I wait think- it out, though? I, I, don't, I don't like how you're yeah. trying to paint this picture, Ash, to be yeah, like... Kulu I mean, pay- wait it out is a bit strong. Come on, man. Like, you're, you're making it seem like Kulu is Brennan Johnson or Kulu is one of these meaty right-wingers that, like, are part of it. Kulu's been one of our best players during our bad times. Well, last season, you talk, about, you talk about last season. He was one he of our most bang average last season, players, bro. one of our most creative players the whole of last season, barring, of course, Harry Kane. Yeah, Kulu, we didn't Kulu, have it. We, we didn't have anyone. We was playing. He was our only out. He was our only outlet last year. Going into this year, I feel like I feel like it's been a bit overhyped how bad Kulu is. I'm nah, uh, nah, nah, maybe, nah, maybe nah. it all goes over my head because I. I watch Kulu very closely. I'm one of Kulu's biggest fans. I think that he's one of our... You can tell. Before Madison, he's, he was one of our most creative players, brings the most to our team, and he was key to our team. Like, 
getting that ball out to the right was our only way that we was getting the ball up the pitch. Even now, uh, like I agree, he has had some spells where he's been bad. And at times for me, he's too predictable. Like, like you said, he has a good right foot. He just needs to build up the confidence to use it a bit more. And even yesterday, he got the ball onto his right and he took that shot. It was just like, come on, man. Kudu, man. it could have been better. It could have been cleaner. There, and there, there was that chance in the second half where if he shot with his right, that was going in. Do you know what, yeah? yeah they need to tell this yeah. guy, they need to tell this guy in training sessions, you are not allowed to shoot with your left foot. You're not allowed. You're just not allowed. Right? You, Bro. Do you know what it is? It's not even just shooting with his left foot. It's it's not even just shooting with his left foot. It's just shooting, period. Shoot. If I search, honestly, if I searched on WhatsApp, the amount of times where the mandem have said, Kulu, shoot. Bro, it's crazy. It will be like a hundred searches. Bro, and do you know what it is, yeah? Just, a a just... lot of people compare him to Iron Robin. I'm thinking, do you know who Iron Robin no, wait, was? Wait, no, stop it. No one's comparing him to Iron the, Robin. No, no. There's, 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 you know what you're doing now. He's trying to build him up to stop, beat him down. Him up to no. Fail. no, 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 no. Stop it. Stop it. No, but no this, this is what I'm Robin. hearing, though. From and, who? Who are you hearing this from? Bro, it's the it's the general it's the general discourse that you hear on Twitter. <laughs> nah, man. Whoever said that is probably some thirteen-year-old Spurs kid called Kulu Season with a S Z N or some shit like that. Bro, listen, yeah. It's a real adult. Bro, man. you see, you see, my, you see with Kulu. You know when he's good, yeah, he's very, very good. But when he's shit, there is a stench, a real stench coming from his side of the. Do team. you think he was that shit yesterday? Then he was so was bad, bro. He's if awful. I could give that a one out of ten, I'd give him a two out of ten. He's awful. So, I so think George, he had a bad yesterday... I don't think it was terrible. Nah, he was he awful. Was terrible, yesterday. bro. And you know yesterday what is? And the Man City game, he was awful, bro. Awful. Awful. The and Man City game. Nothing worked. Nothing worked for him yesterday. And, and you know, do you know what it is, yeah? I, 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 I clocked this when Kulu first came. And I obviously, you know, when he first comes, you don't say anything. I noticed this. I noticed this problem with his shooting when he first came. But obviously, at the start, you don't really. When he first came, no, no, I'm not saying he wasn't calm. I'm saying the shooting problem was there from the start, bro. Right. I I think people are singling out Kulu here because our team just doesn't shoot. Like, I'm not even going to sit here and blame this all on Kulu because no one shoots. The amount of times we get the amount of times our wingers, the amount of times our wingers get onto the edge of the box, they cut in. What they do, they pass it. They pass it. They pass it. No one's shooting. George, George. But then we've spoken about the fact that with Werner and Johnson, they don't have the ability to come in on the inside and create that angle for a shot. Kulu does. And Kulu's done it time and time again, and he's refused to take up the option to shoot. When I look at our front line and I look at guys who are shot shy, I'm looking at him. I'm not going to lie. If if I had to pick any attacker in our front line who almost doesn't want to shoot, that's Kulisevsky. That's his MO this season. Bro, Brendan will at least try it, but he's not great at it. But he'll try it. This guy will get into a great position on his favoured foot and he still won't shoot. Yeah. It's, it's I think that's, that's what it is. It's the favoured foot one. It's, it's the fact he'll be on his left, cutting the, the red sea open, and you, he still doesn't do. Dave, you know what it is here? You know when I look at his profile, he's so good at cutting in real quick and getting that angle. If you could just practice your shot off that foot in those scenarios, he yeah, could yeah, be a, yeah. that could be a deadly weapon. 
that could be so yeah. deadly. And, and that's what and that's what I'm saying. That's what we've seen. What we've seen when he's been on form that he has that kind of killer. What was it when um the game that or that that last few games when um, Son got the the golden boot and it was just like every time he got in the ball he just little shift. Yeah, because the thing is, he's not blessed with pace. We know that he's not blessed with pace, right? It's not going to be pace that gets him away. It's that shift of the shoulder, um, it's just, it's, it's, you know, half step, yeah. and and he's quite strong. He's a quite strong runner. You know he's I mean? like a power runner, but brother. We just we just need some shots, brother. We just need some shots. And the thing is, we probably wouldn't even mind at this stage if the shots are going here, there, and everywhere. Just shoot because I'd rather have you shoot and attempt other than this kind of shot shy. Um, yeah. Because the thing is, he takes the extra touch, but then nothing comes of it. He doesn't make a good pass after that. that. You know, and, I love you. If you take the extra touch, you, your assist has got to be pretty dope after that. But and you know what? You know, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's not even shot. Sometimes I've noticed he'll get into a great position in the box and I'm thinking you have to cross this with your right and he'll just try and get it onto his left. And by the time you try to get onto your left, the attack's dead. Yeah, I, listen, well, that, I, oppor- I, I, that, that that opportunity was gone. Obviously, there there might be another opportunity, but yeah, yesterday I, then, he, I remember that one chance he had, or you just shoot across the face of goal. You're oh right. my god, I was he dwells, he dwells. He, 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 there was even yeah, the, the skip actually yeah. The, I know the chance is talking about where skip sent him through, and it's like, bro, how how many minutes do you need to sort of wind up your shot and shoot? And then even in the second half, there was another one that fell perfectly for him. Hit it first time when you're yeah, left I remember foot. That one. He checks it. He checks it onto his right foot, and it's just like it's it, it's 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 annoying. But listen, this ain't no Kulu hate campaign, right? Everyone here acknowledges that he's he's a good player, but he's just he's just in a bit of a rut. And right now, whether people want to, whether some people like it or not, he is one of our best players. And when he's not playing well, unfortunately, this team feels it. It does. It feels it when Kulisevsky's not playing well because he's one of the guys we look to to create the chances. So we need him back in as quickly as possible, right? Or back in form as quickly as possible. Guys, let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Before we talk on Everton, we have to talk about some of the transfer activity as well, right? Um, obviously, I don't know if anyone knows about this Swedish kid that that we bid for, Bergvall. Anyone watched him? No? Didn't even not know him. Didn't even know he existed. Same, brother. I, you know what? I only knew of him. Yeah, I only knew of him because one of my one of my um one of my friends is waiting for since coach, and he's been scouting him in Sweden and Italy, right? <laughs> is that where we're going, Tobes? Is that where we're going? Is that where we're doing? Because you know what? Yeah, I know. I said I heard the undertones that you just put on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I had the undertones, and I'm going to ignore it because <laughs> I, I, you're a good guy. Yeah, you're a good guy. But no, I, I, only, I only literally only heard about him six months ago because um, my one of my former students played against him in a in an international competition, um, and yeah, I, I reached out to him a couple of days ago just to hear and say like, look, I know you played against Sweden and some of the, you know some of these other players. What do you reckon? They're like, yeah, he's top talent for the age. Um, they they thought he's now on to go to Barca. Um, I, I love the fact that I think there was a report yesterday that Kulisevsky's been on the line. Listen, yeah, ben I love this comment. Let's get him because he's a friend. 
you know what? This might be what Deki needs to get out of his rap. <laughs> because if <laughs> Deki can't speed. get this over the line, this is the, this is the assist that you might need, brother. Yeah? Mm. Let's get you can't make yourself so, useful on the pitch. You've got to do something off it. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Help us out. It seems like a talent, but I'll be honest, you know, and you guys know my, my background in, in youth football. A lot of these 16, 17-year-olds, they, they're all they don't make world-class it. talents at that point. Um, they don't make it. He's made his debut for Sweden. Um, that literally was like recently, I think only about a month ago or something. Um, he's only made one appearance for the for the actual national team. Um, mm-hmm. seems like a centre field that he loves loves a bit of skill, loves a nutmeg. Um he's got mad tech, mad, mad skill. Yeah, no, nah, his his tech is like I said, yeah, from what, what I was like told, that, that though. A lot a lot of these young players have the tech and the skills because it hasn't been coached out of them yet. That that that's all it is. Nah, 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 bro. Yeah. A lot of the young players. A lot of the young players, they're like they're, they're, they're like your mounts and your Gallagher's, bro. This guy, no, like, I Ash, was, Ash, I only... you say that, Ash. I'm not gonna lie, Ash, you say that, but the kids coming through now, these academies, especially London academies. And I know there's obviously this guy's not from London, but there's, there's the tech, the tech is there. There's more phones than there are mounts, trust me. But anyway, well, no, this, this kid, they come through in it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We don't know. Well, let's see. I think what's interesting about it is the report that. If he does come to us, it's because we've guaranteed him some sort of game time or closer yeah, link yeah. to so the from, first from team. What, like... From what I read, yeah, from what I read, we're trying to line up the deal for next summer because he turns 18 and then you can give him a pro contract. I think I was yeah. reading something that if we bring him now, it can only be a youth, uh, a youth player contract or something yeah. like that. And I also heard that Barcelona are signing him for La Masia. Yeah, no, yeah, if, yeah. If he, I do you know. I did. I did read. If Barcelona sign him, he's being signed to go into the reserve team. Whereas if we if we sign him, apparently he's being signed to come into the first team. But then so, they were saying that we've uh, Dan KP was saying that we've agreed a deal for the summer, right? So it's up to the player whether he wants to go La Masia or whether he wants to play senior football. Yeah, the, the rules over here are: if you're 17, you can't. You could play. He could play in our first team, but he won't have but that you, contract. So. You can't have a pro. That's gets, it. You can't have a pro contract. Yeah. So he gets a bit techy, and and you know it's up to him where, where he sees the pathway. I think. I to... think like, so with a pro contract, I guess the wages would be higher than what he's going to get at La Masia. Yeah. So he just got to look at it and see. Look, you're going to get paid more, and you're you're going to be training in and obviously you're not going to play every game, but you're going to be training in and around the first team. So you're going to get a good chance to showcase your. You know your your abilities to the manager, and who knows, you might get a chance. Um, do you know what? I've only watched one comp of his, yeah, but that comp was crazy, bro. I've not watched the comp. And I, huh? I need to. He was skinning up guys left, right, and center. But yeah, yeah. you can't really, you can't really to take it. too much into comps. So their 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 clubs. Um, so his clubs uh, youth director basically said. So this is a recent quote. So it says, I spoke with his family last night when they entered the plane in Barcelona to go home. It is still 50-50 between Barcelona and Tottenham. Both teams felt really, really good. I think he's having a very rough time deciding, but in a good way. Tottenham has been in the picture a long time. Tottenham visited Bergville in Stockholm 10 days ago. Got a very good impression. So, boy, man, um, looks like it's a straight shootout between us and I Barcelona. I think Fabrizio said earlier that Half uh, one side of his family wants him to go Barca, and the other wants him to go Spurs. We'll see, man. Either way, like I don't know fuck all about the kid. I'll be real, but 
if he is talented and they've done their homework on him, fine, bring him. I have no qualms with Spurs signing talented players. And I feel like I'm actually quite happy that they're prioritising, like, beefing up the academy, right, with talented players that you can potentially integrate into the first team. And even if then they they fall quite short of the first team, at the very least, you can turn a tidy profit and 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 sell them on for, for big money. Because let's be real, outside of Harry Kane, our academy has not really been of great use for us, right? I think Harry Wings came and died. Obviously, go on, go on, sorry. Go on. I, 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 do, I, I do genuinely believe that the next five to six years, we're going to see a massive change. I think, Bro, because I, I look at the guys we have. Forget about the guys we have. When was the last time Spurs were top of all the youth team uh, leagues? I can't remember. Mm. Long time. I agree. I agree. And, and that's 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 with a mashup of players that have either come through our academy, but you've got like guys like Soon Bro, who obviously used to play for Chelsea. We signed that 16-year-old. Obviously, he's not playing for us right now, but we signed that 16-year-old Croatian centre-back who's meant to be the next the next. Yeah, he's just gone alone. Even, we, even like, like we signed Lancashire, in it was it from Sheffield? Will um, Lancashire? We signed him, wasn't it like a million? We signed Will, yeah, we, yeah, we signed him. He wasn't in a pro, but he wasn't an academy product, but we signed him into the academy. But there's a lot mm. of guys there. Tyrese Hall's doing well, Mikey Moore's doing well, Dorrington. Uh, you got obviously, obviously got, got, us. You got the guys on loan as well, obviously, Ashley Phillips, Phillips, and then we got Divine as well. So, yeah, but, man, I feel like bro, for me, when I look at the numbers. At least two of them's gonna uh, got a cut. At least two yeah. of them will come good. I think. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I feel like, I feel like, obviously, that's the difference between us and what the the, the nonsense Chelsea are doing is like. Well, we're, we're looking at these players with you to 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 try and integrate them into the first team, right? And I'm pretty sure that's one of the mo's of Johan Lang anyway, right? To try and obviously bring the average age down and and recruit like young talent that can be developed so it's good but obviously that's that's on Bergville so we'll, we'll keep an eye on on that but I wanted to quickly get um just one or two thoughts on the whole Nusa situation so George you've been a bit um quiet the last five minutes so where did you land on the whole Nusa deal at Spurs obviously we know that his his deal to Brentford has fell through because of like a, a knee issue that they picked up during his medical but prior to that he had picked Brentford over Spurs, um, so yeah. Where where do you stand on that on that Nusa deal? Uh, no, I'm I'm glad that we pulled out of it because um, at the end of the day, we shouldn't be going for players that, for one, don't want to step up to the challenge. Um, because of the fact that he chose Brentford over Tottenham is very telling. It is very telling. If he didn't want to come here and, and compete for his position. Um, then, then what are you doing? You're, you're coming to the biggest league in the world. You've got to come here and potentially come to the biggest teams. You've got to come here and make your mark. Personally, I thought he was a really good player. I've kept an eye on him since the start of the season. Um, so I believe there were some friendlies that happened. It was like the September friendlies. He played for Norway. He looked really bright, really good on the ball. Um, and he's a demon on that left wing. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure the stats that I see as well, he's in like the 99th percentile for take-ons in, in European, um, in, in, in the top five European leagues. So th this is a real good player. Someone that Brentford or, or us would have benefited from, but I, I don't look down on that. I see a lot of people calling out the club saying, why don't we push harder? Why don't we do this? Cle clearly, we've looked into it. And the, the issues with his knee, that's going to be long term. I don't feel like we you take the risk picking up a young player with knee issues, knowing how hard 
Ange is going to be running these players, the amount of fitness that they need to keep up with the team, and then just the intensity of the Premier League. He's currently playing in the Belgium League, and I know Ash mentioned he's not starting all his games. He's, he's getting up some yeah. some of the games. So if he's having that like struggling with the clearly struggles, he also, with the, has, a back, he also has a back issue. That's what I mean. So struggles with intensity or fitness issues. He's going to struggle massively integrating into our team, especially because of how Ange plays. So I'm not against like our club turning away at the signing or looking down at him, but I still think that he's going to be a good player um, for someone else. But it was far too risky for us to bring in a man that um, has injury problems, considering the amount of injury problems we already have in our squad. We don't need someone who's young, unproven and injury prone. That's just three of the worst things you can put together. So 30 million saved for me. Hmm. Fair play. Fair play. I think yeah, even I'm if not, you I'm was not... to do the deal, yeah, it couldn't. The price would have to come down. There's no way, for, for, bro. We, it wasn't thirty million. It was thirty-seven million that they agreed it on, right? Then there was a Brentford had. They had agreed a twelve and a half percent sell-on clause. I'm sorry, man. Can't be doing it on those terms. I think I read somewhere earlier today from a. Um, uh, a Norwegian um, journalist that they were saying that the problem is his um, ligament growth or something, and I, I was just, I didn't really take too much of that because you know when stuff comes out from Bruges' side, they're obviously going to feed you some stuff that you know to try and sell the player to you a little bit. So I, I, mm. I, I echo what George says, man. We, we, he could be a could be a good player, but it's a it's a big risk for us. Yeah, fair, fair. I'm not really going to add too much, uh, much more to that. To be honest, um, I, I I have similar thoughts with with Nusa as well in the sense that I didn't really get why people were calling out and scapegoating the club and stuff like that. It was a bit odd to me because it felt like Spurs were willing to pay the money and Spurs believed in his talent, but the guy just wanted to go somewhere where first team football was guaranteed. Yeah, and I, I yeah, saw so just many people saying so many people were like, "Oh, we always miss out on these players," and I was like, "Hang on a minute, we didn't miss out on Saw." We didn't miss out on destiny. It's like they're like, oh, we always do this. It's like, no, we don't. Didn't we get v- Vuxka, Vux? Didn't we get Vuskovic from Vukovic. away from um, who? There was another big club that was in for him. Chelsea, right? and, Chelsea and Man City. Like so, yeah, man. It, it happens. It really happens. Let's not lose sleep over like a talented, very talented, but still, like you said, George, an unproven eighteen-year-old, right? Um, not to say that we should we shouldn't like target getting players of that caliber, but it's more a case of you can still get alternatives. Like just because you don't get this doesn't mean that like the club just have to stand still. You can still get alternatives. It's There's plenty of other like young talented left wingers out there in the world. There's you, you know you see the thing with that the left wing position. Yeah, we have to get the and we we have to get this signing spot on right because. Um, I, I was saying this in a group the other day to say, yeah, there's not much scope for us to improve our attack, right? Brennan, not going anywhere. Kulu, not going anywhere. Then you've got Richie, Son. Then you've got um, Solomon. And um, oh, so uh, yeah. let's just say Gil's going to go, yeah? So Gil's going to go, you're replacing. So technically, when you look at our squad, we've only got room for one more forward. Somebody, somebody other than Gil would have to go for us to sign someone else. So that might be Solomon. I've got a name in mind and you just mentioned him. But Oh, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd get rid of him tomorrow. Like, the guy's constantly yeah, injured. Like, 
he's not even that. Yeah. When you yeah, when you look at the team, when you look at the team now to make space, for me it makes sense to let Brian Hill go and Solomon go. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they play in the summer, but I think what we know for certain is Spurs need a left winger, right? So whether they want to get a young one in and like prop him up and, and and help him develop or whether they want to get a more established one in, it's up to them. But my preference would be the lat would be on the latter than than the former. But let's um let's move on and let's 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 quickly uh talk on Everton away because um that's going to be a tough game for us. Um, we all watched the game um, against Everton at home and we saw how difficult it was to play them. Um, and we saw how tactically they were able to actually limit um, our biggest threats. They packed the midfield. Um, they pressed us quite well in the first phase as well. And they really exploited the the space in behind our defence. So, um I feel like Ducore is going to play. Is he fit? I think he's fit this time around, isn't he? So that's going to be problematic. Yeah. Um, but I think the good news for us is we've got Saar back um, and I believe he should be in contention to um, to play. I'm saying so, Lovely. So I'm going to start with you, Dave. Um, what are your expectations on the game? Um, and... Yeah, and, and and can I get a score prediction? So I'm going to ask everyone different questions, but I want to ask you to give me your thoughts on how you feel the game's going to go. Yeah, I think we have um, more more control in the midfield or better chance of control, control in the midfield than we did um, when we played them before um, because we'll have Saar and Madison on the pitch at the same time <clears throat> for the first time in a long time. Um it's unusual for um, Ange to come out this early and say that someone's going to be playing in six days' time. Like the fact that he said, "Yeah, Sars will be ready and he'll be fine for Saturday." I think it yeah. shows just how important Sar is to the team, and and it's not one of the ones where it's like, "Oh, you know, do I play skip for the sixty minutes and then bring him on?" I think we'll see him starting. Mm-hmm. So that 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 gives me a bit of hope, and I think. The thing is with, with Everton, at that point, they were still in a good run. Um, since then, they've, they've really tailed off. Last five games or so, they've been really poor. They haven't scored in about three games, I think. The attack doesn't have any potency. Um, and, I mean, the, in their game the other night, they, they had like 43 shots between the two teams and it ended nil-nil. Um, so, I don't say see them. I, I think this is it with... with with us, it, apart from maybe the best teams like a Man City or whatever, it's the first team to two, isn't it? You know, you you probably want to get to two goals against Spurs because you you probably don't know we are going to score. That's the way we've been playing, the way we create so many chances. We're probably going to get a goal. So you to beat us, you're going to need to score at least two, um, and to keep us out, you're going to need to you know keep us to one. So I think we'll be in a situation where. Even if they do score, I don't see them getting two goals against us unless we do something stupid, um, like we saw last night. So I'm going to go for 3-1. Um, I'm going to go with Charleston to score back at the old stomping ground. Um, uh, you know what? My gut's telling me Kulu, you know. <laughs> I don't know why. Kulu... Um, to break out the yep. 
Kulu and hopefully Madison gets a nice goal for himself. I think he deserves it after all the hell he's been through the past 12 weeks. Um, and then whoever they want to score against us, whatever. So you can please. Free one. Fair. Fair, 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 fair. Ash, I'm going to ask you a different question, but also ask for your predictions. Um, so what midfield would you start against Everton? Just knowing the team we're playing, knowing who's available, right? What would your midfield three be against Everton? I think we've got to manage Benton Court, right? Because um, Ange, Ange commented the other, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago or last week, he said that Benton Court isn't even, uh, they said that based on the um, um, the diagnosis that was done, he's basically been he's basically been back quicker than he should have been. So I think for me, you've got to give him, for me, I'll just leave him out. So I'll go for Saar, Hoiberg, um, Saar, Hoiberg and Madison I would go for um, I'd, I'd bring Saar straight back in um, so yeah I'd go for that do you know what I've just Hoiberg. for me this game I, for me there's no excuses right we have to win no excuses whatsoever I don't care who Everton have Everton have won the last five games three losses two draws no wins right so they're not on great form yeah, they got some decent players, but but we're the better team. But I, I, do you know what? I'm just looking at this table, yeah? So, 16 games to go till the end of the season, right? Now, based on the fact this season, the top four teams are actually all very good. Whereas in other seasons, it's just been the top two and three and four has been a complete mid-off, right? So, if I look at, if we do an average top four points total, right? And, and and put it at the higher end because, like I said, there's four good teams this year. Let's just say 73 points will be the total to get top four, right? That's you. It's usually in and around 69 to 73. So I'm going to put it at the upper end of that 73, right? We need an extra 30 points, so we're on 43, right? We need an extra 33 uh, 30 points, not 33, 30 points where we can almost be very confident that we'll get top four. So that means we have to win 10 out of the next 16 games, right? Now, the next games, Everton, Brighton at home, Wolves at home. All of a sudden, if we win those three, we only have to win seven more games. So for me, these are must, must win games. Because then after that, we go to the bridge. And I don't need to say any more about that. Yeah, we 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 all know how it gets in that game. But we also have seen how Ange has been away from home against the big sides this season. We've been quite competitive. So I I'm just actually looking now, forward to that. I just think now, just quickly, I just think now this is when we got all the players back. We have to start getting a runner form and just get this top four. Yeah. Don't forget as well, Lacelso potentially might be available this weekend as well. So he's another, he's another I'm myth, man. That guy's a myth. He's sick, no, 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 Absolute sick, no. He is, he, he is a sick, no. But the, the point I'm making is more to the fact that I think this weekend we're going to have options to, to start with and to change the game. We've been hamstrung in either one or the other. We've been hamstrung in, in our ability in, in, in the options that we've had to start games in our favour, and we've been hamstrung in our ability to sort of change games in our favour. But if I look at this now, with the performances we've seen from the Celso, plus Madison, plus Saar, plus um, Benton Cole, plus, um, plus, what's his name? Who else, who else am I missing? Madison, Saar, Benton Cole, 
Basuma. Not Basuma. I'm talking about the players available. Madison Saar, Lesotho, and Hoybier. I think that's reasonable options to have to be able to change the course of a football match, right? And worst case scenario, you got skipped there. He was actually, he was okay against... Um, against uh, he was all right. He wasn't great, was he? Wasn't, he, wasn't wasn't Frankfurt. he wasn't like, I think, I don't, I don't think he did any, himself any, any, anything. I don't think he did any wrong in that game. And I thought he was actually quite good against Man United. So at the very least, you've got options there to sort of rotate, mix it up if you want to. So we just need to win this game. And I believe we can go on a winning streak, man. I feel like... Fortunately for us, we're catching these teams where they're not in the best of form, not just for Everton, but for Brighton as well. I'm also going to go for a win this weekend. I think we're going to win it 2-1. I can see Everton being quite dogged defensively and, and will try and probably hit us on the counter. But at the same time, I can also... You know what? Maybe I can see them pressing because I've watched them a couple of times. No, like, bro, they, they press. Actually, they do they press. press quite high, don't they? Yeah, they really do press bro, quite high. Everton, so. are, Everton are not... a uh, Low block team, nah, they're not. Mm. They do press high, they do press high. I'm just thinking with us, I feel like now that we've got the likes of Madison um, and Benton Core available, if they do try to press high, we've got players who aren't going to shit themselves like we had before and can actually play out of the press. So let's see. Uh, George, um, what are you going for in terms of score prediction for the, for the Everton game? And my question to you, so I've asked everyone different questions. My question to you is, would you stick with the front four that finished the game yesterday? So Werner, Richarlison and Johnson, or would you play Werner, Richarlison and Kulisevsky? So that's my question to you. And then I want your score prediction. I'm going Werner, um, Richarlison and Kulu still. I feel like, especially against Everton, the team's just going to take advantage of it. And they'll play better. They'll play with a bit more cohesion. I'm still not convinced of Johnson um, starting games. I feel like he needs a period on the sideline for him to come back into it and sort of prove his worth again. And like, like he did yesterday, he got a big confidence boost coming off the bench and getting a goal, which will be good for him. So he needs a couple more like that. And So I'd start with the same front three. Score prediction... I know a lot of people are saying Everton are not in good form. Um, but the thing is about Everton, have, they have been... Like, they've been getting a lot of nil-nils recently. That, that's, that's the thing that I know. Is, is that they've yeah, been the last well. two draws were nil-nils. Yeah, like they've been defending well as a unit. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough game, very similar to the first one, but I think we're going to control it a lot better. Um, I see us winning 1-0. I think it's going to be a tough one, tight one, and we're going to walk away with just a, a mm. quick goal. Um, but yeah, one nil. Fair, fair. So everyone's gone for a for um, a win. Uh, George has actually gone for a clean sheet. So let's just hope and pray we get the result, man. Um, and yeah, we'll just take it from there because I think after this period, it will be what like one game a week for the most part, with exception of maybe that Chelsea game that so needs to be I've got it up here. So It's Saturday yeah, the third. It's Saturday the 3rd, then it's the 10th, then it's the 17th. Yeah, so we're pretty much one game a week. Exactly. So get through this, get through this, 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 this thing. Um, and then let's start like chalking up more wins anyway. But guys, thanks for, for hopping on today's pod. It's actually been a really, really good pod. I think we've covered all the bases and I think we've actually been really fair, both from the good and bad. So thank you guys for your contributions. For those who are still listening thank or watching, you, make sure 
Make Good sure man. you follow up on all socials as well. New Spurs order, one word, on Instagram, on TikTok, and on Twitter as well. Make sure to leave us a nice little review on Spotify as well if you're listening on audio as well. But until then, take care, peace out. And up Spurs. Take care, lads. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.